I'm Laura, by the way, and this is episode five, Difficult Relationships. Welcome to the Get Yourself Back podcast with your host, Laura, by the way. Laura is a life coach on a mission to help women who have spent years putting aside their own needs for the sake of others. Join us as we navigate coming home to yourself and creating the life that was truly meant for you. Hey folks, and welcome back to the podcast. It is episode five, and y'all, I have been busy. I've been working with clients, I've been working on building my business, and I have been creating some important things that I think you might benefit from. So this episode today has to do with difficult relationships in your life. And one of the things I've been working on is a relationship training. So they kind of go hand in hand. So the relationship training is called Five Steps to Peace with Anyone. And it's a five video series where I outline the five steps that I use to work on my relationships, the people in my life that are more difficult. And not only have I recorded videos that go in depth um, on the uh, concepts we're going to learn today, but I also created a workbook. It's a little companion workbook that goes along with the training that will actually help you apply the tools that we're going to learn today. It's going to ask you really good questions, give you space to answer it. Um, It'll review all the principles. It's a really handy dandy little thing that I think you'll enjoy. And finally, as part of the training, I'm offering links to live coaching calls where you actually get to come to a real call and work with me directly to help you apply what you're learning in the workbook and in the training. How fun is that? So this is going to start next week. Today is Saturday, December 14th, and the first live coaching call will take place on Monday. So it's coming up in a couple of days. And so if you want to get to the link to the call, go ahead and go to the link in my show notes uh, to have you sign up for the training and you will get the links to the call to come on Monday. So bring your difficult relationship even if you haven't gone through the workbook or listened to all the videos, that's totally fine. This this particular podcast episode will suffice. And so if you're interested in getting coached live for free, Monday is a great opportunity for you to do that. So just thought I'd mention that in case anyone would like that. And don't worry if it's past December of 2019 and you're listening to this that's totally fine. More is coming. My goal is to do this type of thing on a regular basis. So a different type of training, a different type of uh, connection with my listeners, because I believe in opportunities to be coached for free so that you can really see what it's like uh, before you make a decision to ever work with a life coach. So be on the lookout for that. The best way to look for those is to go to bythewaycoaching.com. I also have a Facebook page, Laura By The Way Coaching, and an Instagram, Instagram, <laughs> at Laura By The Way Coaching on Instagram. So either one of those three things will have uh, the latest in uh, any trainings I'm doing or um, 
live coaching opportunities that you might want to be interested in. Okay. So now that we've done all of the housekeeping for the episode, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode about difficult relationships. First of all, what is a relationship? So when we're referring to a relationship between two people, the way I define it as is the interaction and the connection between those two people. And I want to focus today a little bit more on the concept of connection. So what does connection actually mean? So connection in terms of relationship with another person means the emotions experienced by the people in the relationship and how they match or don't match. So think about an important person in your life with whom you might feel you have a really good relationship. So have that person in mind. Now, what is your connection with them? How are you connected? Do you like the same things? Do they feel love for you and vice versa? Were they there for you when you needed them? Do they give you gifts? Have they committed to you, right? Did you give birth to them where you were actually physically connected to them at one point, right? Were you birthed by them? Um, I think connection can come in lots of different ways. And so I would actually love to hear from you on this one. So if you find me on Instagram or Facebook and you have an idea about connection with another person, I would love to hear about it because I'm always looking for more in-depth analysis and feedback on the concepts that I create um, for these episodes. So go ahead and and let me know if there is more to the story about connection than what I've given you here. But I think for the purposes of this podcast episode, this is how we're going to talk about connection. It's about similarities of life experience, similarities of emotion, um, the, and the way that they match helps us feel bond, bonded and connected to each other. Okay, so what makes a relationship good or or bad? What makes relationship easy or difficult? So the answer to that is emotion. So a good relationship, right? An easy relationship means they're usually pleasant emotions that you experience like happiness, love. You feel peaceful around them. You feel joyful. You feel, you feel fulfillment and gratitude. You feel seen and understood. You feel taken care of and safe. Those are all the kinds of emotions that you might feel when you are when you have a good connection, a good relationship with someone. Now, on the flip side, if you have a bad or difficult relationship with someone, then that's there's probably going to be some uncomfortable emotions involved, like anger, bitterness, resentment, fear, longing, uh, disappointment. You might feel abandoned, distant, misunderstood, disobeyed, rejected. I mean, the list goes on. Right. So as we focus our attention on difficult relationships today, we're going to narrow this definition a little bit uh, to particularly the ones that we, the relationships we have where we can't get out of it, quote unquote, right? Or we have to stay in them because either they're family or their work colleagues or bosses, right? Or they're community related like church members or neighbors or your best friend's parents or your, I'm sorry, your kid's best friend's parents, right? So these kinds of people who are in your life that you can't just leave or kick them out of your life. It's not really that simple to do. And this episode is 
strategically timed, right? Because the holidays were coming up. It's December of 2019. And most of us, maybe not most of us, but perhaps a lot of us might be traveling back home or traveling to see family. And for some of us, that might be really stressful. So if that applies to you, this episode is for you, as well as the training that I developed. You're going to want to look into that as well. So why are difficult relationships like these so difficult and what do we do about it? So the reason why these types of relationships are so difficult is because the other person generally says or does something that will make us feel a certain way, right? So we have all these negative emotions about this person and it's because of their behavior and what they say to us, right? So for example, your boss is a narcissist who demands way too much of you and you can't say anything or you'll get fired, right? So you're going to feel trapped. You're going to feel overwhelmed and you're going to feel really scared. Or for example, you and your spouse might fight a lot. You might feel hurt as a result. You might feel abandoned or disappointed in them, uh, sad that you don't have the marriage you expected, right? You might feel that way if your mother-in-law is constantly trying to control or criticize you. So you're going to feel frustrated, annoyed, judged, ashamed, stressed. All those negative emotions happen when when that's how they behave. Um, Or if you have a teenager who just doesn't listen to you, is making really bad life choices, right? You feel disappointed and afraid and frustrated. So think about the person with whom you have the most difficult relationship, the one that causes the most stress in your life. So if there is a person that fits that description, it's likely that you don't have to think too hard about who that person is. So keep that in mind, right? So keep that person in mind and think about why, why are they so difficult? What do they make you feel? What do they do that you wish they wouldn't do? What do they say that just gets under your skin? If you happen to be in a place where you can write this out, Go ahead and stop, get a pen and write these answers down, why they're so difficult, how they make you feel, what do they do or say that makes you feel a certain way and what do you wish they would stop doing or saying. Go ahead and write those answers down and uh, this exercise will really help you get a clear picture of what's going on in your mind about this person. Okay, so now you have some of these answers in mind. Let's go ahead and talk about what to do about difficult relationships in our lives. So in the training, I go in depth on my five-step process, which is the process of what to do about difficult relationships. So I'll briefly mention them here because of the time limit I have on the podcast, but each video that talks about each principle that we're going to cover is about 20 to 25 minutes long. So you're really going to get a good solid idea of what each of them means and how to apply them. Okay. So here are the steps. Are you ready? Step number one is take responsibility for your own emotions and your own behavior. Step one is called self-responsibility. Step two is to set boundaries. Step three is to feel unconditional love for yourself and for that person. Step four is to manage your mind. 
manage your thoughts. Step five is to build emotional resilience. Those are the five steps. And I'm sure there are lots of other steps, but these really, I think, cover a huge portion of how to deal with difficult relationships in your life and will serve you quite a bit because they've served me. It really has helped me quite a bit. So, so let's follow these steps um, using a specific example so we can kind of illustrate how to bring these steps to life and apply them to your life right now. So let's say that your mother-in-law is constantly trying to control you and criticize you. That can be very stressful, right? That's not fun to go to family events where you know your mother-in-law is going to talk about your weight or talk about your parenting or try to control what you do and how you show up and things like that. That's going to be a little bit stressful, right? So step number one is to take responsibility for your own emotions and behaviors. So what this looks like is understanding that you are in charge of your own emotions regardless of her behavior. This is understanding that the truth is that she doesn't actually make you feel a certain way. Okay. We're going to talk about this a little bit more in mind management, but the foundational idea is that your emotions are 100% in your control And that is good news, right? This does not mean that your emotions are your fault. That's a totally different idea and does not serve us. But being able to say, hey, I get to choose whether or not I feel a certain way. And you manage your emotions through managing your thoughts. So we'll get to that to step four. But just understand that she is not responsible or capable of making you feel a certain way. So you are not responsible for her emotions and she is not responsible for your emotions. It is not true that she controls your emotions ever at all. And so that's pretty much the best news ever, right? So it's your job to advocate for yourself instead of await her ability to do what's best for you or to say that she approves of you or to stop saying critical things, right? We're, we can't control other people's behavior. We can't force someone to say or not say certain things. We might manipulate them, right? Um, but that's not how we want to be, right? Because that's what she's doing. She's trying to manipulate you. And the truth is that is that no one really has the power to manipulate someone else, unless that person gives them permission to do so. Okay. So this takes us into step number two, which is setting boundaries. So setting boundaries is a great way for you to take responsibility for yourself, for your own emotions, for your own actions, while also showing love for that person and for yourself. So setting boundaries is about deciding what you will and will not tolerate what you will and will not do in a given situation, and then following through if and when those boundaries are violated. So you decide when you're going to go visit your mother-in-law and how long you're going to stay. She doesn't decide that. You decide that, right? So if she makes a suggestion about how long you're going to stay and what you're going to do there, she can do that. She can make suggestions. She has her agency. She is able to do 
what she sees is best. But at the end of the day, you decide whether or not you go along with what she decides, right? You decide either you have an idea for how you want to show up, how long you want to stay, and what things you will agree to do, or you agree to her idea. It's one or the other. So if you feel resentment because she always decides when you should, when you come over, she always decides how long you stay, she always decides what we're where we go and what we do and all of that, then that is you giving up your ability to decide those things. So boundaries is also about noticing a boundary violation and following through with what you will do if that boundary is violated. So you calmly but assertively set your boundary and then if it gets pushed, you follow through with what your boundary is. All right, so here are some really good concrete examples because sometimes boundaries can be a little tricky. It's very uncomfortable to set boundaries, but the more you practice, the better you're going to get at it and it's worth it every time. So for example, you can say, I respect your opinion of my parenting, but any more comments on the subject will result in this conversation ending, right? Not people aren't used to that kind of boundary setting. People are used to the people pleasing thing where you say, oh, it's fine, right? They're not used to you calmly and assertively saying, I respect your opinion, but I'm done with listening to your commentary on my parenting. So any more of it and this conversation is going to have to end, right? And so what's going to happen, right? Maybe, maybe she'll say, well, I was just saying blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, I'm done with this conversation. We'll talk later, right? Or hang up the phone or walk away or go into the kitchen, whatever you got to do, follow through with what your boundary says that you're going to do if it's crossed. And People are not going to like it. I just want to prepare you for that. Boundaries are not fun for the people who aren't used to you having boundaries, okay? And that's okay. They are allowed to feel how they're going to feel. They are responsible for their emotions. You are not responsible for their emotions. So you can allow them to be upset, allow them to be offended. You know that you didn't do anything offensive. You were respectful. You were calm, but you were assertive and you followed through, and that is you taking care of you. That is you giving them the gift of not having to take care of you. Isn't that amazing? You're welcome, right? That's what you say. You say you're welcome to them. (laughs) So I want to give you a couple of more options. I found this quote by a person whose Instagram handle is at millennial.therapist. Her name is Sarah, and she wrote these boundaries examples. And so I want to give her the credit because they are gold. Okay, so go see at millennial.therapist if you want to see more of what she does. And she's she's amazing. So here are some examples. I appreciate your concern, but this is my decision. That's a beautiful way to allow a person to say what they're going to say, but you decide at the end of the day that it's you. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to make excuses for yourself, but this is a calm, respectful way of saying, 
I appreciate your concern, but this is my decision. Here's another one. I respect your values and beliefs, but I do not share them. Right? I mean, how many people are in our own family who have different beliefs and different values and they want to get into it with you? But you can just say, I respect your values and beliefs, but I don't share them and that's okay. Here's another one. I will no longer be the middle person in family arguments. Okay, so you're at the family dinner table and someone says, could you please tell your uncle, blah, 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 or, <laughs> or something. People pleasers, if you're a people pleaser, like I am, right? You frequently find yourself caught in the middle <laughs> between uh, family arguments, right? Because you want to be supportive of everyone. You want to be everyone's friend. Uh, you want to validate everyone. And so you end up being in the middle when two people are at odds. And so this is a choice that you can make. You don't have to be in the middle. No one's put you there except you. So with this very simple sentence, you can remove yourself from the situation. I will no longer be the middle person in family arguments. And then you walk away and that's okay. And people might be upset with you, but that's okay. They are allowed to be upset. Here's another one. Commenting on my weight is not appropriate. You need to stop, right? People think that they can comment on your weight, especially people in your family. It's not appropriate and they need to stop. How else are they going to know unless you tell them? It's not comfortable, but it's totally worth it, right? Here's another one. Any rude comments about my lifestyle will result in this conversation ending. I love this because you are setting the boundary, but you are also giving them what's going to happen if they cross the boundary. Another one is, I understand you're frustrated, but I don't want to participate in family gossip, right? So you're validating their emotion and you're standing up for yourself. I don't want to participate in family gossip anymore. That's your choice. You don't have to, if you don't want to, if it makes you feel icky, right? It's your job to manage your ickiness by taking yourself out of the situation. And they they can go gossip all they want, but you don't have to participate. You can leave the room. Another one is, I expect my partner to be treated with respect or we won't come over anymore. Oh my gosh, this is so good. How many times have you been in a situation, maybe with in-laws or something like that, where you bring your partner who is very different than what they expected you uh, to be it was a person who is very different than who they expected you to be with. Right. And suddenly that gives them license to treat your partner badly or to say weird things. And it's just not okay. So it's up to you to set your boundary and say, this is my expectation that my partner be treated with respect. Otherwise we won't be able to come over anymore. Thank you. Right. Isn't that amazing? Don't you just feel so empowered when you can say that? Last one here is, please stop asking when we will have a baby. It's putting a lot of pressure on my relationship. That's a good one because it's a, a, sometimes people tend to be really curious about your life and that's okay, right? People are curious. How many times have we been curious about people? But sometimes people don't want to talk about their family planning and that's okay. And so you just have to educate them. It's your job to educate other people about 
your boundaries. It's never their job to figure out your boundaries on their own. It's your job to communicate them. So you say, thanks for asking, but it's our business when we decide we will have a a child. Um, Please don't ask anymore. Right? Those are great. Okay. So that's boundaries. Let's move on to step number three, which is unconditional love. So I love this one because I'm talking about unconditional love for both yourself and the person with whom you have this difficult relationship. So that means understanding that you are a perfect, um, worthy, infinite, lovable human being that whose perfection and worthiness and infiniteness and lovableness exists completely outside of what you say, do, think, look like, earn, have, etc. Right? Your inherent value is transcendent outside of all the other things around you. And this is true about you, but it's also true about literally every other human on the earth. We are all infinite human beings who are worthy of love and are worthy of being loved unconditionally. So it's your job to love yourself unconditionally, no matter what you have said in the past, done in the past, no matter how much money you make, the clothes that you wear, you are worthy of love all the time, no matter what, right? But so is this person that you are struggling with. Now, what this does not mean is that you tolerate their behavior all the time, right? We go back to boundaries, right? We set boundaries as a loving way to create safety for ourselves because we love ourselves and we love the other person. So it gives it. So loving someone unconditionally isn't allowing them to hurt you All they want, it's feeling love for them, no matter what they do or say, and feeling love for yourself enough to take care of yourself, right? And that gives them permission to do the same. And it's still love, even if they disagree with you, even if they get mad at you, even if you have to set a boundary, it's still love because love is about understanding who, who that person is and seeing them for the for who they really are, understanding that if they knew better, they would do better. But sometimes people don't know better and that's neither your fault nor your problem. So it's your job to manage your emotions, your boundaries, and love always feels the best. So step three is having unconditional love for that person. Step four is managing your mind. So kind of like what we're talking about with taking responsibility for your emotions, right? We do that through mind management. We manage our thoughts because it is our thoughts that create our emotions, not someone's behavior, right? So someone else's behavior is about them. And when they behave a certain way, we have a thought about that behavior because we perceive their behavior through our brains and our brains process the information that we receive through our senses. And that information is processed through thought patterns. And so a thought pattern occurs when you perceive the behavior of someone else and then you experience an emotion because of that thought. I promise you that happens literally every time. There is no exception. Okay. So when you feel hurt because your mother-in-law criticizes you, it's because you have a thought about that criticism and you kind of believe it a little bit. And so you feel pain about it. 
So for example, let's say she criticizes your parenting by saying, oh, what a shame. You let your kids have way too much screen time. Back in my day, I didn't do that for my kids and they turned out really well. It's it's too bad. Your kids are going to have too much, too much screen time, right? If you feel hurt by this, right, it's because you are having a thought like, Maybe she's right. I do let them have too much screen time and I shouldn't. And I'm a bad parent, right? You kind of agree a little bit. So if you're struggling to kind of come on board with this, that's totally understandable. But um, let me explain this concept a little bit more. So imagine if you had a blue car, right? And this same person criticized your vehicle for being orange, right? So you, you show up in your blue car and this person comes out the house and says, oh, what a shame. You have such an orange car. It's That's just too bad, right? Would you be hurt by that? No, because you would look at her weird and say, I'm I'm sorry, do you, do you need your eyes checked? Because, because my car is blue. It's not orange. What's going on, right? So if you, if you know deep down in your soul that you are an amazing parent, you are the exact parent that you, that your kids need and that you are doing what's best for them all the time, right? Then those criticisms don't actually reach you because your thoughts are so solid in your belief about yourself that those criticisms just come off as like, what? You're crazy. That's not even real. But if you feel hurt by someone's criticisms, it's because you kind of believe it a little bit. So that's worth exploring. So if someone is in your life is creating a lot of hurt for you, you feel offended or you feel um, upset by what they've said about you, I would I would do a thought download where you you write out all of your thoughts and emotions and see if there isn't some belief deep down that is driving the hurt for you. So the final step is emotional resilience. Emotional resilience is a practice. It is a it is a, a a thing that we build through time and practice um, and failing over and over, right? It's not always easy to set boundaries, to manage your mind, to love someone unconditionally, to be responsible for your own emotions. That's not easy. You're not going to be perfect at it, and that's okay. That's why it's a practice. But as you develop these skills, you will gain confidence. And even if you do get hurt by someone, which is totally normal and expected, even after you've learned these tools, right? What you'll ha- what will happen is you will become more and more resilient. And what that means is that you'll get hurt less and less often. And if, and when you do get hurt, you'll bounce back faster and faster, easier and easier every time. So whereas at this point in your life, someone in your life causes you to spin out in emotion and drama and hurt and pain for maybe days or even weeks at a time, as you build your emotional resilience, that those episodes will shorten in length and will shorten also in frequency. And you'll be able to bounce back a little bit quicker. So let's review. Take responsibility for your own emotions and your behavior so that you are empowered and that you are in the driver's seat all the time and no one is forcing you to feel a certain way. You, number two, set boundaries and follow through. This is a practice. It's not comfortable, but be willing to embrace the discomfort because you are worth it, right? 
Number three, have unconditional love for yourself and that person. Trust me, love always feels better and love is always safe. Love doesn't mean letting other people hurt you. It means just feeling love for them and love for yourself and doing what it takes to take care of yourself. Number four is mind management. Manage your thoughts, manage your emotions. What thoughts are causing hurt for you? And what could you think instead? We cover that in the training in a lot more depth. And as this podcast progresses, we'll continue to teach you more about that concept, but it's a huge concept in my practice as a coach. And it's the work that you do to change your results is that kind of mind management. And finally, building emotional resilience, keeping at it, keep practicing, don't give up, um, will help you become more and more emotionally resilient each and every day. So now that you have the tools, isn't it amazing that a person in your life who maybe is supposed to love you, but instead criticize you, criticizes you, right? That person doesn't have to be someone that causes you tons of stress all the time. Wouldn't that be amazing? That you can love him or her for who they are. You can allow them to say and do what they're going to do. You don't have to control their behavior. You don't have to control their emotions. You don't have to control what they say, but you can stand up for yourself and be there for yourself. Isn't that the most empowering thing? Because it is for me. (laughs) This has been a game changer for me in my life, and I really hope that it will be for you. So check out the show notes. If you need more help in your specific situation, come to the live calls. I'm so happy to coach you, and I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season. Until next time.